This is the Horse Talk Show Podcast with Louisa Barton. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital broadcasting from the horse capital of the world. I'm your host, Louisa Barton. Co-hosting with me today, I have Candy G from Big Sexy Stables. <laughs> and joining us in the studio this morning, a very good friend of ours uh, from Dressage Naturally, Karen Rolfe. Hello. It's lovely to have you on the show with us. <laughs> oh, it's great to be here with you again. Let's talk a little bit about dressage naturally. How did you get into dressage, first of all? <laughs> uh, dressage actually started, I was in Pony Club way back when, and uh, my, I got taken off with during a hunt. <laughs> and the huntsman, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> the huntsman rescued me and, and led my horse back to my mom and said, take this girl for dressage lessons so she can learn how to control her horse. So that's how I started with dressage, but I was so fortunate uh, because a local trainer was Ann Gribbins, who's a top, you know, one of our top dressage riders, and I just kind of by accident ended up taking lessons with her, and she loved teaching kids. And uh, it was with her that I had a, a thoroughbred horse, this is a different horse, and uh, we went up all the levels and competed at Young Riders, and she's the person who turned me into the professional you know dressage trainer that I am uh, and so it just sort of happened I didn't mean to do it I was at university you know getting ready for some sort of real real job <laughs> real job <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, people kept paying me to ride their horses and and you know being with Anne was great because I was around international quality horses and just you know had that all right in front of me as I was developing that's very awesome. fortunate yeah that's incredible yeah. and so talk about how the dressage helped you in any any riding talk about the way that dressage is such a good basis for really everything yeah it is and I mean I I was taught from uh, Ann Gribbins was originally an event rider and so she taught us from the beginning that dressage is for all horses uh, even if all horses are not for dressage so that means the basics of dressage really are about balance, you know, basic balance, connection, harmony, and, you know, correct what I call healthy biomechanics, uh, and that's going to be good for every horse. You know, in between the jumps, if you're unbalanced or, you know, braced in your back or tight or um, fighting with your rider, it, they're not going to go over the jump. Um, driving so horses, every horse, it's, it's sort of good posture training, the way some people might say, um, gymnastics or ballet could help any sport person. Same idea. It's true. Yeah. It really is. So what I find, because I have driving horses and riding horses, mm -hmm. that I will give them a dressage lesson in between the driving, because yeah. what you said is, is absolutely the truth. Mm -hmm. You know, what I'm very interested in is the naturally part. Yeah. <laughs> we all are. We all are. <laughs> yeah. Well, just to kind of pick up with the driving, um, straightness is really important right, with any horse and driving uh, but in driving you have to they have to be straight but the way to find straightness is through suppling and increasing your flexibility on each side and you don't have that opportunity when they're actually in you know pulling the carriage so it's nicest to be able to practice um, ridden or even on the ground without the carriage so you get to do bending and flexing and lateral work which is really the key to finding the straightness Right, I found that a lot because um, I like to do the CDE events with my horses and I've got a young girl that works for me. I've never driven dressage. I used mm -hmm. to um, ride saddlebreds, very different. And, um, but she rides dressage, so whenever I find I've got a day where 
um, especially my main girl Lizzie isn't quite getting where I want I go I need you in the saddle and yeah. uh, and, and the next day back on the carriage it's what you're saying is very different nice nice yeah, yeah. that's so, so interesting yeah it does make a difference so for our um, some of our listeners are probably I don't know maybe 30% or so of our listeners are, are new in the horse world mm -hmm. uh, define dressage for those people yeah dressage it's really the gymnastic development of the horse uh, there's, according to the FEI rule book, they have um, an object of dressage, which I love reading this object of dressage. <clears throat> and that's the development of the horse into a happy athlete through harmonious education, resulting in a horse that's calm, loose, supple and flexible, but also confident, attentive and keen, thus achieving perfect understanding with his rider. So that's the object of dressage according to the FEI rule book. And I love that because it doesn't mention one tempies and pee off and pirouettes. You can achieve the object of dressage at the most basic levels because it really describes a process of training, not a result. And I think here with the World Equestrian Games, you know, a lot of riders look at that and go, oh, one day I'll be able to do dressage. It's like, no, you can do it trotting down the trail if you're doing it in that harmonious loose, supple, flexible, confident, attentive, keen <laughs> way. And I think that really gives riders hope if they can do dressage at the lower levels. And then the game is, how far can we go, end up doing Grand Prix while still um, being in that object of dressage, right? Because sometimes you can train in a way you get, the, you get the movements done, but you're no longer doing anything resembling harmonious education or your horse is not calm. So for me, that's the game, is get the object of dressage first, and then during your gymnastic development, how far can you go and still be meeting that object of dressage? It's amazing. Now cool. talk about the natural part. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really <laughs> yeah, the natural part, <clears throat> for me, um, there's kind of these two bodies of knowledge. So as I learned about dressage, I learned a lot about the physical part of the horse. You know, exercises for suppleness and flexibility and straightness and carrying power. Mm -hmm. And dressage is like the science, science lab of that. Um, then in the, you know, what I'm going to call natural horsemanship, partnership-based training, whatever you want to call it, because there's all kinds of different ideas that pop in people's heads when I say natural horsemanship. But for me, it was where I went um, and learned more about the mental, emotional aspect of the horse. So. You know, now I learned all this about mental, emotional, and then in dressage I knew the physical, and I thought, well, can't we put that together? Because you know, the two things, right? Because right? there were things in the natural horsemanship world that they didn't have the physical expertise of how to gymnastically development, and in the dressage world there wasn't the same body of knowledge about mental, emotional, or how to create motivation and things like that. So I saw the gaps in each. And going back to that object of dressage, the way I read it, eight, only three words talk about physical, loose, supple, flexible. Eight of those adjectives are mental, emotional states. An athlete is both, right? So something that works hard but um, is wanting to be there. So there's a mental, emotional state there. So when I looked at that and I went, but to get the object of dressage, you have to know as many exercises for creating things like keenness and attentiveness and calmness as you do to create suppleness, looseness, and flexibility. And, and I realize, oh, well, I, you know, I'm not getting all of that in dressage. You can ask a dressage trainer, rattle off 10 exercises for suppleness, 
and they can go 10 exercises for keenness. Hmm. <laughs> so that's what I found interesting and, and so I call it dressage naturally because I don't think of it as this, well it is a special thing, but really it's pulling together the two you know, ends of the library um, of these bodies of knowledge and trying to combine them and really what dressage naturally does I think is bridge. So I can help. Um, dressage riders access the information in the more natural, quote unquote, natural area because I can talk dressage and say this is why you need this. And then for people who are in more partnership-based training or that's you know, natural horsemanship, sometimes they go to take a dressage lesson and it's too big a gap. They go from, wee, I'm free with my partner, now get them on the bit. It's like, ah. <laughs> so I create a bridge that brings together the or keeps the priorities that they have in the more natural horsemanship and, and I understand that way of being with your horse and now let's learn dressage in a way that it um, really highlights the partnership and communication that you've developed. I would, I would suspect what you call partner-based training, mm -hmm. that connectivity that you have with your animal mm -hmm. makes an extraordinary difference when you're going from here to here yeah. and teaching them how to do the things that they, that they need to do right. in dressage. Yep. Yeah, it does. And, and when I say this, there's always dressage people going, but I have a good partnership too. And I go, yes, excellent master horsemen in any sport are going to be doing this. This is why it's not something unique. It's, it's trying to describe what the real excellent horsemen are doing because sometimes they don't even know what they're doing. So, but yes, you have to, for me, you have to have the partnership. We've all seen horses at one point to go, nope. And it doesn't matter how highly trained they are. If they go, no, it's no. So what I like it's to so do, yeah, <laughs> we've all been there. <laughs> if you haven't met that, you haven't been training in horses, um, you know, myself included. But so Listen, what I had some very, very <laughs> naughty ponies when I was a little girl. And I will just tell you, a naughty pony, when it decides, it's not doing it, it's not doing it. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't any, matter what you do. <laughs> I mean, I was watching one of the World Equestrian Games videos and this horse is having a beautiful test and goes to the one tempies and it just stops and goes, I'm not going. And you know, so it happens. So for me, I like to take any horse and rider and go, okay, what's happening? What's working, what's not? Let's find what's not working and then look at it through the lens of, is it a partnership? foundation communication issue? Is it a biomechanics issue or is it a gymnastic issue? So I kind of look at that lens and then go, what am I seeing? And now I have a great big toolbox because I've studied you know, that whole range. And then it's like, okay, how can we go in? Is it motivation? Is it um, trust? Is it balance? Is it straightness? And I can pull from you know, so a lesson could be anywhere from stuff on the ground, waiting for permission from the horse and giving him freedom to do what he wants, to being very precise in how they're riding their half passes. So it's really uh, fascinating to me when I meet new horses and people because I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> and you've got all these tools where you can evaluate and you can see things that they can't see. That's the idea, yeah. I have a very strong belief in natural horsemanship. Awesome. And I take my guys, the first thing they do, I have a natural horsemanship trainer, they go to him and he's mm. a magician. He's taught me some extraordinary things. And so we get the connectivity first mm -hmm. and then we start with some of the tools. And it's funny because I had um, somebody that works for me 
And she came up to me one day and she said, why is it that all of the horses listen to you when they don't <laughs> listen to others? And it's yeah. just that we've taken the time. And you know what? It takes time and effort, doesn't mm -hmm. it? It does. It takes time and effort. And then, and then I would imagine teaching folks some of the natural horsemanship when they've never been in that realm or that mm -hmm. thought process, exactly. there's some resistance because they're used to doing it this way. Exactly, exactly. And that's in, I have several different courses that people can take. And the first one is called Habits for Excellent Horsemanship. And module one of that course is um, is all the habit, all the habits the horsemen have, and the idea is you don't have to do all this work, 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 work to finally get a skill. So then you're a horseman. It's a mindset. It's looking at your horse in a different way. It's when you think about your horse, are you thinking, "This is what I'm going to get from him today," or are you thinking, "I'm so lucky. I just love my horse. I can't believe this is even possible that they <laughs> let us do this." That mind shift alone can be the difference between your horse going, hi, or going, get out of here, you know, when they see you and they do feel that. So I think it's, if you can change your mindset and just think like a horseman first, the horses connect with that. And now it's just like, okay, now we gotta learn some stuff and get some techniques and skills. And I think but you just hit the nail right on top of the head, thinking like a horse. Yeah. It's really, it really is. It's, it, see it, it it's what it comes down to, it really does. And they didn't ask for any of this. You know, they didn't. This is all, you know, we put them in this crazy human world. And I think every day, instead of having this assumption of obligingness that they owe us to be like, oh my God, I can't believe this stuff works. I can't believe, because, you know, like I said, if a horse says no, they say no. So every day going, this is so cool that they let us do this. And, and I, that's how I try to approach it. Every day, even on the horse at school in Grand Prix now, it's like, I can't believe we do this. <laughs> tell, us, tell us about your virtual tell us about your virtual courses. Yeah, I have um I have a bunch of courses now, but it, it stemmed from teaching my live course, which is really the I call it finding the sweet spot of healthy biomechanics, and that really is the bridge course, because it's between foundation and gymnastics. And I was teaching that all over the world and I like to do what I call empowered teaching methods. So the idea was not to be dependent on me going, good, you know, and then they try to figure out what, is, what am I doing now that she just said good, but I teach self-assessment. And I teach students um, to trust their instincts that they know the quality of communication between them and their horse. They absolutely do. And that's more important than does it look good. It's the higher priority than that. So the way I teach it by the end of the course, um, even live, uh, the riders were riding around and they're telling me when they have it and when they don't. So I, the joke was, see, you don't need me. I could teach this virtually. I'm like, I could teach this virtually. <laughs> so I took that program and, or that clinic format and put it in a virtual course and now people from all over the world can access it at home where they are. and. Um, and what's kind of cool for me, actually very cool, is we have weekly Q&A calls. So instead of going somewhere and teaching a course once for three days and then I don't see them for a year or maybe ever, I can talk to students every week um, and like, okay, how's it going? How and nice what came up? You can and keep up on their progress. Exactly. And, and if so, they're having a problem, it's not a really long period of time exactly. that you're going. So I feel closer to these students now than when I was teaching them live because like they post a little clip on our Facebook group and then we talk about it on the call so I have that course and then the course up from that is um, called the upward spiral of successful gymnastics so that's more 
dressage, but I kind of put my twist on it. And again, taking um, all the concepts to get your horse participating and bring that to gymnastics. And then I also added course number one, which is the habits for excellent horsemanship. So that's kind of like, let's start as horsemen. And, you know, kind of everyday stuff, like the way you catch your horse, the way you lead your horse, the way you feed your horse, there's so, the way you bridle your horse. There's so many little choices that can be the difference between like, okay, I got the bridle on versus I hold the bridle up and my horse goes and puts it on. Like they're going, yes, put the bridle on me. You know, think of how you feel if you're willingly participating. It's so different. Um, so those are the three courses. And then we've added a, a course that I um, co-created about how to prepare for a, a dressage competition and get ready for that because uh, realized so many competitions are won and lost based on how organized you are. <laughs> you know, I've trained all year and then I ended up with five minutes of warm up because I didn't schedule the time it would take to braid. So we, we have a course that sets everybody up so like, here's everything you need to know, not the riding part, but like how to get organized, how to set your goals and intentions, how to interpret the score afterwards, what to do when you arrive at the show. That's brilliant. Really, really, that is absolutely brilliant. So we horse people yeah. need that. Yeah. So and it's all this stuff that the so trainers don't often have time for. So important. <laughs> it really yeah. is. When I first started driving and competing in driving and, um, I'm from South Florida, no, nobody drives in South Florida. And when I started competing, I didn't know from anything. I'm just, I was sitting here thinking how brilliant, how great to be able to have a place to go to, to say, I didn't, I didn't even know how to read, I didn't even know how to read the scorecard. I remember the oh, first yeah. show that I did, I said, oh my goodness, it looks like I won. I got the highest score. And I Okay. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've come a long way since then. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, and you know, when I started showing, I was ah. with my trainer and we'd go with a barn full of people and you kind of learn by, you know, watching the experts, but so many people don't, you know, they don't know. And, and I've seen so many students just like they get through the whole show and, and they didn't get to actually think about their riding because they forgot stuff where they didn't know how to deal with what they got intimidated in the warm-up ring or distractions mm -hmm. and then the test is over and it's like what just happened so we try to set students up to give them all the information that they're not getting from their dressage trainer because that's not necessarily their job um, and to just set them up so they can actually enjoy the show experience and think about all the training that they've been doing so that's well, that fun. segment flew by I wish we had two <laughs> <laughs> Before we finish this segment out, tell us um, tell us how we find you, how do we follow you, and then if you can stay, please stay. We'd sure, love to I'll have stay. you stay. Oh, thank yes. you, yeah. Um, my website is dressagenaturally.net, and you can get to everything from there. So dressagenaturally.net, and then I have a free starter kit people can get, um, and they'll start getting some weekly emails. Um, you can find all my programs from there. And really, if you get to my website, there's a lot of stuff on there. Um, if anybody gets lost, just email us. Just hit contact us and say, hey, where do I start? And we'll, we'll help you out. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh, I'm going to do that and get that free kit for uh, Carrie's daughters so we can work on some dressage with them.
<laughs> it's an incredible way to start uh, any equine sport. If you get your basis in dressage, when I was um, a little girl, I did some eventing, and I didn't like dressage because I couldn't gallop really fast across the uh, across the field or over the jumps, and, and so I didn't like it. But I've learnt a huge appreciation of dressage since then, and an understanding of why it's so important, and it's such a good basis for every equine discipline so and dressage naturally is uh, lovely because even looking at like the the mental emotional and all of that and, and putting it together and I think really uh, you hit the nail on top of the head with think like a horse I know I do every day <laughs> I, I love I love the things that you're doing with your program so oh, thank I'm you busy checking you out so. awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you are welcome welcome to stalk okay, <laughs> stalk a lot guys, this is Louisa Barton. I really hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Horse Talk Show podcast. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube and let me know what you thought. Now please go out there and share the podcast.